What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and I am fired up for the final podcast before the NFL Divisional Round. So, of course, we're going to get you set up today, break down every single game, all the matchups you need to know for this weekend for DFS purposes, for one-and-done purposes, everything, everything, as the kids like to say. I'm chuckling to myself because right before I went on air here, I did uh, I did post on Twitter the most annoying words in sports betting and fantasy football analysis. For me, it grosses at the top. I hate that. I don't. It, it, it's not a good word. Like find a better word. But also smash spot because it sounds like a place where teenagers have sex. Anyway. I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor. How about that segue right there? Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? We need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on Monkey Knife Fight, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and of course football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else Monkey Knife Fight has? A free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit match instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyNightFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. Go check it out, man. Especially right now. With just the four games this weekend, it's a good time to get in there. You know, you can really kind of focus your efforts on on these games. And a lot of great... It's basically it's very similar to player props. So a lot of great lines that you could play this week uh, in their game. It's a really cool game. It's, it's obviously quite different than the rest of... Uh, DFS. So go check it out uh, and use that promo code RANT in the process, and I'll get you hooked up right there. All right, so let's start with the Rams and Packers. And on the Rams side, I know a lot of people are going to be looking at Cam Akers, and obviously he's appealing one-and-done play because I don't think the Rams win here. I know that there are some who really buy into the Rams' defense. We'll talk about them in a minute as being the factor and the Rams' run game. And obviously I know a lot of people are looking at Green Bay – as uh, as a bit of a run funnel, like a team that you can run the football on. And that was true earlier in the season. But you realize since week 13, they're allowing just 3.7 yards per carry to opposing running backs. They face Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift, Derrick Henry, and Monty himself, David Montgomery, over that span. So actually have stiffened up against the run. I don't think Akers is an absolute lock here. Like, for example, his player prop line is 74 and a half. On a lot of sports books, and and honestly, I know that's tempting to take an over. I think it's a pretty darn good line, so I'd be careful here. He's going to see a pretty heavy workload, but I would be careful. He might be an interesting guy to to uh, not play in DFS, but um, anyway, Jared Goff will be the starter. He's going to be under center practicing in full. Uh, he does face a Packers defense that allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks over the last five weeks of the season, though. So it's going to be pretty pretty tough there. Obviously, he's not a guy we're looking for and are looking at. And and honestly, I'll tell you in a little bit, for DFS purposes, who I think like the cheap option is. It's not Jared Goff. I don't think you're really surprised by that. But more or less, this is a, you know this is for Robert Woods' sake. It also potentially is for Cooper Cup's sake. Although 
Cooper Cup was DNP in all three practices, so his status is very much up in the air in this one. Robert Woods will almost certainly be shadowed by Jair Alexander regardless of Cooper Cup, so that's a downgrade there. Alexander, 51% catch rate, 9.6 yards per catch. I think it's a fair argument that he's the best cornerback in the league, so that's a tough one for Bob Woods. I think if... if, uh, Cup doesn't go. Josh Reynolds is kind of sneaky as a DFS option because you get him on the cheap this week. On the other side, I'm so fascinated by this this collide or collision of worlds. You have Aaron Rodgers, who is arguably the league MVP. You have the Rams defense, who is the best pass defense. I don't even think there's an argument in the league. 212 net passing yards, 1.1 passing touchdowns per game. That's all they're allowing, along with 6.2 passing yards per attempt. That's all league lows right there. 14 fantasy points per game, 14.0 on the nose. That's the lowest in the league. That's what uh, quarterbacks are averaging against the Rams. This is going to be tough, and Aaron Donald's playing. So if you can contain Aaron Donald, then I think you're good. But if you look at uh, Aaron Rodgers this season, so yes, MVP season, 48 passing touchdowns, like ridiculous numbers, right? So when did he, when did he struggle? Well, he obviously struggled against Tampa Bay. That was a game he he it was uh, the lone game of the season where he had zero uh, passing touchdowns. He he threw two picks, but he took four sacks in that game. The other game where I would say he wasn't Rodgers like was against Carolina. That was much more recent. That was in Week 15. He had one passing score in that game, 143 passing yards. He took five sacks in that game. So if he takes a ton of sacks, we have a problem for Aaron Rodgers. Now I ultimately think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine here. But, you know, he also has to deal with Devontae Adams facing Jalen Ramsey. And Jalen Ramsey's been freaking awesome. But Devontae Adams has been better. You know, Jalen Ramsey's allowing 0.15 fantasy points per route covered. J- uh, Devontae Adams is scoring 0.78. He's more than double the league average. It's one of those where people have asked me about the wide receiver cornerback matchup chart over at FTNFantasy.com. And said, well, why is his rating positive? And it's it's a positive matchup rating because he's that good. You know, that's what it all boils down to. So a tricky one there, but you know, there's obviously appeal in that stack. It's just gonna be really expensive. And Aaron Jones, by the way, is running into uh, a a tough one here, too. The Rams only allowing uh 75 and a half rushing yards per game to opposing backfields, but Aaron Jones, it's the same thing. It's like the Aaron Rodgers argument. He's averaging almost 5.5. It's 5.49 yards per carry this year. So they're both obviously very intriguing. Now, if you think they get through, obviously you don't use them in one and dones. For DFS purposes, everybody, you know, all the, the top names are expensive. So something to think about there. All right, let's move on to Baltimore and Buffalo, which is another absolutely fascinating game that really will have a significant impact on the playoffs here, obviously, he says. But, you know, really, I mean, it completely reshapes the playoffs if it's Baltimore, Kansas City, or if it's Buffalo, Kansas City. Sorry, Cleveland fans. I I like parts of Cleveland this week, though. I'll be honest with you. But, you know, I do think heavy favorite's going to win. But Baltimore, well, you know, hey, Lamar Jackson, who, of course, Mike Jones! But also, he just put the team on his back last week. He was incredible. And Buffalo allowed seven rushing scores to quarterbacks in the regular season. So I don't think he's going to have any problems here. The challenge, of course, is does he do anything with his arm? And I don't know if he does a ton. 
you know, Marquise Brown has a bit of a, a, a downgrade in this one. He's going to face Tredavious White. I think there's a really good chance Trey White shadows him. Um, over his last five games, a 50% catch rate in his coverage. So Trey White, pretty solid. It's going to be a tough one. That being said, Mark Andrews facing a Bills defense that allowed 62.1 receiving yards per game. That was the second most to tight ends. Second most in the league. So Andrews is going to have his day. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, there's still too much gust for my liking, but he has a seven-game streak in terms of finding the end zone. And uh, Buffalo allowed almost a rushing score per game. It was 0.8 per game during the regular season. So there's a lot of appeal to Dobbins. Moving over to the Buffalo side, Josh Allen, of course, led the league in fantasy scoring among quarterbacks in the regular season, led the league in fantasy scoring among quarterbacks last week. So, yeah, he's pretty good, and yet he has a big challenge here. Baltimore allowed 6.3 yards per attempt in the regular season. Only the Rams allowed fewer, so second lowest number in the league. 1.3 passing scores per game. So this, if Allen comes out of this, like, I know Bill, some Bills fans will still dig up old tweets. That's always, if you have enough time to dig up old tweets of mine, <laughs> every so often I'll get like a, tw- a tweet from like two years ago. It's like, yes, obviously I don't think the same thing now. <laughs> but regardless, I will completely be like 100% on board if he just, if he blows this matchup up. Then it, and then it's like, uh-oh, they could. They could make that Super Bowl run. Wouldn't that be exciting, Bills fans? Anyway, um, you know, it really comes down to one and done. So who, do, who do you think loses here? And I don't even know if it necessarily matters. I said that earlier in the week in the podcast. All right, so Devin Singletary has no Zach Moss. It's not really a great match. This is a mid-pack matchup. But here's the thing. He averaged 17.3 touches per game in the three games he played with Moss sidelined here in 2020. That's 6.8 more touches. more snaps than with Zach Moss playing. So Singletary is really the the chalk, I I would say, in DFS because of his price point. You know, it really comes down to that. He's dirt cheap. Uh, Right now, over on DraftKings, uh, (laughs) really cheap, $4,500 on DraftKings. Cam Akers is $5,700. Aaron Jones, 6,800, and just by comparison, the top on the board would be Kamara at 7,900, and I'll tell you about Kamara, but you know, you're know, you talking on a short slate here, Singletary could be 50% owned, I mean, something crazy like that, so don't think you're getting away with anything there, but he is obviously appealing because of the price point. Uh, the other note here, Stephon Diggs you know, up against a very tough Baltimore secondary and Marcus Peters will be good to go. He did get to limited in practice yesterday, but I don't care. I honestly don't care. 11.9 targets per game in the regular season. He is coming off of a phenomenal outing uh, last week. I mean, it just feels like I could say that about every week, but the price point is 7,300. It's interesting. He's the third most expensive on the slate. That that Allen and Diggs stack would be pretty pricey this week. Just throwing that out there. All right, so let's talk about Cleveland and Kansas City because I do have some love for Cleveland in this one. And by the way, hey, man, if you're a Browns fan and I don't pick them to win, it's not a knock on the Browns. If it was, if the Browns were favored, let's say the Browns were like four point favorites, and I'm like, nope, Kansas City. All right, maybe you could get after me a little bit there, but come on, man. <laughs> right now they're nine and a half point dogs. It's not a knock on them, and I actually think they cover. I think they stay in this one. 
You know, over the last five weeks of the regular season, only five teams allowed more fantasy points per game than the Chiefs did to quarterbacks. Now, granted, they rested their starters in Week 17, but still, they were somewhat friendly there. Uh, 1.8 passing scores per game allowed during the whole season. So I think Baker has a little bit of punch here. You know, he's going to go to Jarvis. There's a, If there's a matchup you want this week against the Chiefs, it's certainly out of the slot. So Jarvis is in a good spot there. Uh, so he'll go up against uh, Legereus Sneed, who allowed all seven of his targets to be caught uh, the last time he suited up here uh, for Kansas City, uh, which I believe, yeah, it was week 16. So anyway, that's a good matchup. It's a good matchup for Nick Chubb. The Chiefs were one of just 11 teams to allow more than 100 rushing yards per game to opposing backfields in 2020. 4.53 yards per carry allowed. So Nick Chubb, man, but we also, I mean, I guess I can't ignore the Kareem Hunt revenge game because we also have that here, but I do think it's more Chubb. Chubb's getting more involved in the passing game as well, which I think is super intriguing for next year as well, obviously if they uh, aren't able to get past the Chiefs in this one. So everything's sort of trending right there for him, but I just don't see how Cleveland can win if this turns out, out to be a shootout. Now I don't I, again I don't think Kansas City covers here. They have they've covered just once in the last 8 games. And that is part of the reason why I think this line has moved down from the open. You know, it was at minus 10 for a good chunk of the week and now, you know, just slowly sliding down just a little bit at a time, right? Uh how it sometimes tends to go here. I uh, you know <laughs> with these lines, but yeah, just a little little slide. You might still be able to find 10 on some books. Uh, when you're listening to this. Regardless, on the other side, great matchup for Patrick Mahomes. Brown's the number 12 in net passing yards allowed, eight tied for eighth in passing scores per game, so 260 net passing yards, 1.9 net uh, passing scores. Mahomes is going to be fine. We know that. Ty Freak is going to be fine. Ty Freak actually has a great matchup. So the Browns get Ward and Johnson back from the reserve COVID list, but he'll primarily see Johnson in the slot because uh, Hill ran – almost 60% of his routes out of the slot in the regular season. Johnson allowed a 75% catch rate. So the ball is going to get in Ty Freak's hands, and he's going to go nuts. Now, Sammy Watkins is out for this game. So we'll see a lot of McCole Hardman, who becomes interesting for DFS, to Marcus Robinson as well. And really, like, so if you get into the they have to cover the downfield speed, then Travis Kelsey is going to destroy them. I'm seeing player prop lines... For Travis Kelsey, you know, you're talking a tight end, and and there's some lines this week that are just insanity, but a tight end receiving yards line, ordinarily, like, I would say anything over 60 is high, <laughs> like really high. His is at 90 on some books, 90 and a half. That's insane. I, 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 I'm not going to play that line, by the way, but that's insane. Regardless, uh, that's kind of, <laughs> that's where we are on that one. And, yeah, I don't have to talk you into Kelsey by any means. It's a great matchup, too, on top of it. Uh, the big question, Clyde Edwards-Alaire goes DNP, DNP on Thursday and Friday. No practice for CEH. He is listed as questionable. He looks to me like he's on the wrong side of questionable. Of course, they could still just be resting him. But at the same time, they could just say, I legit, I mean, this is part of the reason why they brought in Le'Veon Bell. We can go into this game with Le'Veon Bell and Daryl Williams and be just fine. That could very well happen. 
So if you are setting any sort of DFS lineup for the full slate, I would just completely outright take Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of the mix for now. He could he could still end up playing and, and whatever, but I just don't want to worry about that. Uh, even with late swaps, I don't want to worry about that. Uh, so there you go. Uh, moving on to the final game, Tampa and New Orleans. Tom Brady, last time he faced this team was the worst game of the season for him in week nine. Three interceptions, no passing scores, took three sacks in that game. And that almost feels like it was like three years ago at this point, you know? Like the Bucks are a completely different team. Over the last eight weeks, he leads the NFL with 319.3 net passing yards per game, averaging 2.9 passing scores per game over that span. Only Aaron Rodgers with more passing scores. And, you know, it's like the Saints are weird. They allowed 234 net passing yards per game, which is a low number, but 1.8 passing scores per game, which is a relatively high number. So I, I'm gonna I'm going out on the limb here, and I'm going to say Brady's going to be fine in this one. That could backfire on me, but I do think what they did last week, they're going to do again. So they're going to keep Gronk into block. They're going to protect him a little bit more because it does look like Trey Hendrickson is going to be back on the field here for New Orleans. So that gives him a little bit more pop in the pass rush. Hendrickson actually was taken off of the uh, injury report. So he's good to go, man. Uh, so that they're going to need Gronk in there. Gronk is unplayable in DFS for me. And really unplayable and one-and-done if you think that they're going to lose. I think the best one-and-done play, and I just kind of blew right by him, would be Austin Hooper, by the way. Austin Hooper with 11 targets last week. Pretty favorable matchup as well. Uh, but regardless, not using Gronk. Cameron Brate, maybe maybe some you know, uh, mass entry GPP exposure, but that's it for him. So, yeah, I think Brady's going to be fine. And honestly, I'm not really worried about Mike Evans. Like I get the concern that some people have. So the major concern, all right, Mike Evans, two games against Marshawn Lattimore this season. Uh, neither game was he was he wasn't particularly effective in either one of the games, but really specifically in Lattimore's coverage. In each game, he saw two targets against Lattimore and caught none of them. So zero catches on four targets against him this season. But Lattimore allowed seven touchdowns this year. So that's the thing, and it's a different Evans, you know. Other than the game, he got hurt. So three of his last four games, he's over a hundred yards. He's closer to 100%. I think it's more neutral. I'm not really fading Evans. In fact, I am going to build a DFS lineup that is a Brady-Evans-Godwin stack because I think Godwin is is really set up here uh, as well. The matchup that I I like the most out of uh, the New Orleans secondary is that slot matchup against C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Now, it isn't that he's going to see C.J. Gardner-Johnson the whole time because, as I said, I think there's going to be a lot of 12 personnel, so Antonio Brown's not going to be on the field. Like last week, Antonio Brown only played 43% of the snaps. So, you know what? In this instance here, I think we see Godwin on C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you know, like that, like, yeah, 40% of the time, but he's going to be up against Janoris Jenkins as well, and we do need to take that into account. But regardless, I don't mind that stack at all. I'm outright fading Antonio Brown this week because of the reasoning. And I'm actually fading the backfield because Ronald Jones, who? Ronald Jones returned to practice uh, and looks like he's going to play. I mean, he's questionable with a quad injury. Of course, that doesn't mean he's going to actually, I mean, I should say suit up. Doesn't mean he's actually going to play. Regardless, limited, limited on Thursday and Friday. So for me, I just I'm outright fading that backfield. I just don't want any piece of it. 
Uh, on the other side of this contest, quarterbacks averaging just 199.6 net passing yards per game against Tampa over the final five weeks of the season. That is the fourth fewest over that span. The Bucks surrendering just six passing scores over that stretch as well. Drew Brees, just not enough upside there, not even to use in DFS. Uh, I'm not worried about Michael Thomas. I do think he sees plenty of Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis sort of, you know, he, he broke out this year, but it's not an unbeatable matchup as Tyreek Hill showed us, so I'm not worried there. I do think this is a tough one for uh, Alvin Kamara, but at the same time, I'm also not intimidated because, okay, so on the ground, he was very ineffective against this team. You know, he played him twice this year. Look at the numbers. He did pretty much nothing on the ground from an efficiency standpoint, but he scored a touchdown in both games as a runner. So that's where I'm not quite uh, particularly concerned by. I mean, t- week one, he had 12 rushing attempts for 16 yards. Then in week nine, he had nine for 40, but, you know, still only nine attempts. But he scored a touchdown as a runner in both games, scored a touchdown as a receiver in the first game. He had five catches in each games, each of the two games. I think he's going to be just fine. Now, the question is Taysom Hill, Latavius Murray. They both got to, to limited on Friday, but they're both questionable for this contest. If one or both of them end up sitting, then that's great for Kamara for a volume standpoint. Because we know Latavius Murray tends to vulture the you know at the worst possible time and then he'll score the touchdown same thing with Taysom Hill so I want as much Camara as we can possibly get in this one that's going to be an awesome end to the week so I know I I said I was going to tell you about a quarterback who I prefer to play uh, just some quick DFS thoughts here if I'm not playing one of the top three of course that is uh, Patrick Mahomes Lamar Jackson Josh Allen and I'm not playing Brady then it's Baker. I just I don't know about Aaron Rodgers, man. I I just don't like the I don't like the potential game script in that one as well. So it is Baker, fifty three hunch, and you could Baker Hooper stack and then even game stack in that thing and get Tyreek Hill in there. You could possibly even you know do the old tight end flex. You know the beauty of that on DraftKings and and get Kelsey and and Tyreek in there. So that way, if those two go off and then it ends up being the shootout. Sometimes those are the winning lineups. It's not the lineup that has Mahomes in it. You know, that happened in the Millie a few weeks ago, and I think Baker was in the Millie um, winner. Anyway, that would be the one option at running back. If you're not just going straight, you know, straight chalk homie, uh, which would be Alvin Kamara, Devin Singletary, maybe Cam Akers. I mean, Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb are pretty high on the list as well. It's a weird week. Dobbins is a little overpriced, to be honest with you, at, at 6000 I think Kareem Hunt's probably the only other guy who I'd be looking at if I'm not – so it's almost like differentiate elsewhere and just eat the chalk at running back is the way that it feels like if you're going to play the whole slate. Uh, Kareem Hunt at 4800 Revenge. Wide receiver, though, there are opportunities. So, yes, Diggs. I think Jarvis is really interesting, too. You could you could do the Jarvis double stack with uh, Baker and Hooper, potentially. Higgins at only 4,100 in that game could be intriguing, especially after last week. I think his ownership will be a little bit lower. Obviously, Tyreek. Obviously, the, the, you know, the two Tampa guys, Michael Thomas. Robert Woods at 5,900 could go a little bit light in this one because of that Jair 
matchup. And, um, you know, I don't mind that. I don't mind Emmanuel Sanders either, although I don't love his matchup against Jamel Dean. But, and the, the big but, 4,500. And, of course, Cole Beasley. We've seen a couple games where Cole Beasley just gets massive volume. If he had... If he has a 10 catch game, he'll be, you know, he'll be in the winning lineup. Tight end, like I said, if you're not going to go with Andrews, I think the next most widely owned, uh, you know, outside of Kelsey and Andrews is going to be Austin Hooper. And I don't think there's really much appeal elsewhere uh, this weekend. So there you go, man. There you go. Divisional round coming at us. Enjoy it. Of course, check out everything that we have to offer over at FTNFantasy.com, including the report where I break down every single game like I always do. And then over at FTNBets.com as well, uh, go check out the player props. And if you want to know, like, so for example, that Devin Singletary stat that I gave you, his uh, touches, his snaps without Zach Moss on the field, that all comes from the splits tool at FTN. So you can get it at any one of our sites, but... That splits tool is freaking amazing. And you can do all kinds of creative things in it. Like, for example, you can find games where the Chiefs have won by more than 10 points. And Patrick Mahomes' rushing performances in those games. It's happened eight times in his career. And in those games, Mahomes averages 10.3 rushing yards. And two two rushing attempts per game. Isn't that wild? Like, you can actually find all that stuff and literally... Point and click, boom, there it is for you. So go check that out. Appreciate everybody still reviewing, still listening to the show. You're listening right now. I see you. But reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, easiest way to do so is if you have an iPhone, open up the podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe, and then scroll down to the bottom and click the stars. Otherwise, you can uh, certainly do a little Google search, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe. The Apple Podcast link pops right up. It's at the top of the search. And please, takes you 30 seconds to do it. Do it right now. Get it out of the way. That really helps the show, and I appreciate it. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. I'll catch you on the flip side here on the other side of the weekend. Only four teams will remain in the NFL, baby. We'll get you set up for conference championships next week. Enjoy the football. Mike Jones. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.